Welcome to Allendale Market Talk. This is Greg McBride and Mike Lung. Big report today, Mike. We had the uh, the November WASDE report. Uh, great uh, report for us. It was bullish uh, pretty well all the way across the board and actually more bullish than I think anybody could have ever guessed. And that's uh, that kind of poses a few problems, uh, or maybe it poses a few opportunities. Let's uh, let's talk uh, specifically about the corn. Uh, what did you see out of the corn today? Yeah, 1.7 carry out here for corn, uh, lowest trade estimate, the most bullish research analyst that was out there, 1.85. So you beat trade expectations by 150 million bushels, and it really does a number for those uh, for the balance sheet. We're getting to the cusp of much like when you see uh, beans above or below that 250 mark corn. It's getting to the cusp of we're about at a spot that these markets could very go parabolic if we continue to cut uh, even incrementally from this point. Mm-hmm. Now, how did how, we got to that number by uh, decreasing? Uh, yield, which uh, brought our our production down by 215 million bushels. But then in kind of a, uh, I guess this is the way the USDA has gone lately. We don't think of the USDA as making these these major changes all at one time, especially on a November report. 325 million bushel increase on the export demand side of things, which, I mean, that's a massive number. Mm-hmm. So, where I mean, is that where is that all coming from? Is that all China, or is that a combination of say China and Mexico and Japan and and you know sprinkling of a few others? It's probably a mix of all of the above. I would say predominantly it's probably China, and the reason I say that is because they also cut Ukraine's corn forecast by uh, about 10 million metric tons, uh, 8 million metric tons actually. Uh, so you probably saw a good chunk of that come out come from the China and what they're doing at this point what it seems like is any kind of bullish information we could possibly get in for over the next year uh within even a a slight reason it seems like the USDA is saying you know what just cut it all we're we're going to start from zero and work our way up from here and unless we see uh more happen on South America i mean at this point much like we talked about with the price and uh its reaction to carry out uh we're at a point with news that any more bullish news just makes it all that much more bullish even yeah, I, slight bullish i feel like we've been saying all all year uh well this is this is this is friendly but it's not it's not bullish it's or it's 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 maybe it's less bearish uh when it comes to the corn uh, well that number looks good but it's 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 not bullish it's less bearish than it was before now i think we're we're in that realm of we're starting to look bullish. You know, mm-hmm. we've got to, we've got to the idea that uh, the yields came down. Um, you've got it. You've got this expectation or this thought that China is going to come in and buy another seven uh, million metric tons uh, to bring them up to 22, and maybe even that's a that's just shorting what they actually need um, from the United States or or from a combination of the United States and Ukraine. But this sure as heck looks looks really good. And I think what's what's going to happen, and and maybe it already has, is it's going to it's going to mess with the minds of the uh, of the producer out there about what they need to be doing uh, when it comes to their own marketing. Uh, and because let's face it, these markets look really gosh darn good. And if you look at the price of uh, of corn today at the at the close around that uh, four dollar and thirty cent mark. You're technically undervalued now based on what we've seen from this USDA report. Mm-hmm. And something else we might want to keep in mind is with how 
far ahead of pace we are for exports at this point. Maybe the USDA did this so we get to the point where cure high prices cure high prices. Maybe they're just trying to front load it so that we can get back to a reasonable export pace besides the extremely quick pace we're coming to at this point. Mm-hmm. Well, it sure it sure seems like we're we're seeing the USDA actually finally recognize some of the issues that uh, producers have been uh, have been talking about for the last three, four, five years. I mean, it seems like every USDA report uh, uh, every month was. Where are they getting these numbers? How are they so bearish? And now here, since uh, since the June report, uh, the quarterly report, they've uh, they slashed the uh, the acres. Uh, they've you know in August we had our uh, a bearish report pretty well all around, but we started to to rally on some dryness, and then ever since then, we've had one friendly report after another, and here we go. We're three or four uh, reports uh, deep. And they've made changes to the 2019 crop. Now, all of a sudden, we are at manageable levels and we get an opportunity to start talking about the possibility of higher prices. But we also have to start talking about the possibility of what you do with next year's crop. Are you going to plant more based on on these prices today? Uh, what's that number need to be uh, to, to sway you to plant more corn versus planting more beans? Because let's face it. Beans are no slouch uh, above eleven dollars, and with what they did today, they're awful bullish too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, across the board it looks bullish. Uh, across the board, we look underpriced at this point for what the USGA has given us, and um, it's definitely the time that you need to start looking at next year's. How does this any stock for this year factor into the beginning stocks next year with the baseline numbers we're getting? If we get trend line yields, what does that mean? Are we able to take some risk? Completely right in talking about hey, we need to take an eye. And at least look at that next year's crop to be looking. What do we need to be doing? Mm-hmm. And the, the the important thing at this point is to not uh, forget about uh, this crop that uh, is either uh, in the bin or on its way to the bin uh, as well. Is you know what do you do with it? You know if the price continues to to rally, it looks uh, looks really good for cash prices. Uh, the the Farmer prices uh, is getting better by the day. We are seeing, uh, I think, a few uh, basis uh, numbers have uh, have widened out a little bit uh, here recently. But um, that is something that uh, farmers can't forget. You know, there is still that uh, that lingering idea that uh, you need to do something with uh, your old crop, whether you sell it, uh, uh, sell the cash and reown it with calls, or you buy puts to uh, to cover the downside. Because let's face it, that cash price is your paycheck. And if you just do nothing and then the market goes down 30, 40 cents, sometimes it's hard to get that 30 or 40 cents back in the middle of winter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the thing, especially when it comes to beans is we don't typically spend a lot of time between this $11 mark. And while that might sound extremely interesting on the way up, you also have to remember how quickly that moves on the way down too. Mm-hmm. You don't spend, regardless of which way you're moving, you don't spend a lot of time between that 12, uh, 11 and $12 mark. It's the same same idea about spending a lot of time above four dollars and twenty cents for corn, right? Yeah. So let's uh, let's now take a look at the uh, at the bean numbers. Uh, they uh, decreased uh, yield once again, down uh, one point two bushels uh, an acre. Uh, that brings your uh, ending stocks down by about ninety. I think it was ninety eight million uh, bushels, and. Uh, we see ending stocks sub 200, 190 million bushels. But the interesting thing about this, Mike, is they didn't make any change to the to the export demand side of uh, of the balance sheet. 
Mm-hmm. And that's why it goes back to that idea that maybe they're making these adjustments so that we uh, decrease the the export pace at this point. High prices, carrying high prices, because that is quite. I mean, given we had an August that was dry, given we had the whole storm that came rolling through, and there was quite the quite the cut for a November WASD report to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we spend a lot of times on uh, November and December WASD uh, reports basically saying they're just going to kick the can. Well, they did anything but kick the can on this report. Um, kind of ch- uh, turned the whole market on its ear and said, well, uh, we've been bullish. We're going to be bullish, and this is a, this is the way that we're going. Um, it's important to note that the uh, these are the tightest ending stocks that we've seen uh, for corn and beans since uh, 2013. Uh, what are we? Uh, 11.5% uh, stocks to use on corn. Uh, we're sitting at 4.2 uh, on stocks to use for soybeans. Uh, back in uh, 13, the the 13 14 uh, marketing year, we were at 9.2 for corn and 2.6. Uh, for soybeans. So uh, we, you know, we do still have some room uh, if they want to continue to make uh, make cuts. It's just hard to, or if they want to increase that that export uh, number, but it's hard to see where where that's going to come from. If uh, uh, if we're going into winter, uh, the big thing, especially on the soybeans, is to think this is the time where Brazil starts to pick up sales. Mm-hmm. Is that going to be the case this year now that we've got a, a trade deal with uh, with China? Yeah. And uh, on top of that, you also have China already talked about renegotiating this trade deal. So a lot up in the air as we start to go into that, that winter time frame uh, and getting the plans together, not just for what we expect for the remaining part of this uh, crop here, but also next. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's uh, let's take a quick look at the uh, at the wheat side of the picture here. And and there wasn't really much to uh, to get excited about wheat. Uh, those ending stock numbers continue to uh, to slowly uh, grind lower. Uh, we were at 877 million uh, million bushels for ending stocks. There were no changes to production, so that's uh, that's down uh, about six million um, six million bushels from last month, and it was about four million bushels lower than the uh, the average guess. So you know we'll just call that neutral. It was on the friendly side of things, but I'm going to call it more neutral than anything. On the the world side, it was uh, about uh, a million tons lower than last month, uh, but still uh, slightly above what the average guess was. So call that neutral because uh, it was friendly uh, on the fact that it was lower than last month, but it didn't exceed the expectations by any means. Yeah, what I thought was interesting is much like when we had the wheat rally several years back, uh, that took us above six boxes. We had the whole story with Russia and them potentially decreasing their crop. But actually, on this WASD report, you saw the USDA come in and increase the estimate for Russia's wheat crop. Um, so it's it's interesting, especially since at this point, it seems like wheat was really only rallying today because corn and beans were doing so. Um, so you might you might be seeing a change of picture, especially if you do see some of these changes come into play uh, with the potential for renegotiating the trade deal, whatever it may be. Uh, but as of right now, the story is not sitting there for wheat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was pretty easy to tell when when the report came out, the wheat, uh, while it did jump, uh, it didn't jump nearly as quickly as the uh, the corn and the beans. And it was really just kind of a, you know, playing the uh, the the little brother type uh, move, which was, hey, I'm just going to come along because you guys are going that way. Um, so I, it would be uh, it would be something to watch. 
Um, obviously, we've got our own uh, uh, production issues uh, here in the uh, uh, in the United States with the uh, the winter wheat crops. Uh, it's dry in the eastern belt. It's drier in the uh, in the the middle of the wheat belt down in the in the southern plains there. So that'll be something to watch as we go into dormancy, uh, as we start to look out to spring. Is there going to be the uh, the issue of uh, dry weather uh, when we go into spring. We know that those spring rains are what's the most important to that uh, to that wheat crop. Yeah, and the other thing also to watch there is the USDA baseline numbers for wheat actually increased acres uh, for that that uh, upcoming wheat crop. So another thing to be watching and seeing, mm-hmm. eh, maybe we do have a larger crop coming for us next year. Yep. Now I'm going to put you on the spot here, Mike, and I know you're, uh, you're the chartist uh, between the two of us here. Um, Obviously, massive day uh, for for corn, beans, and wheat. Um, is there anything that sticks out to you, uh, whether it's a chart formation, whether it's uh, you know uh, an indicator for you uh, that uh, says that we need to be worried uh, that this thing is going to either fall apart, or uh, conversely, is there something that uh, that projects uh, much higher? Because uh, I know we've fulfilled the. Uh, head and shoulders bottom uh, formation that we had pointed out back in July and the Adam and Eve uh, position that we had talked about uh, back in July for corn. What uh, what are you looking at from a chart perspective? So as of right now, you could be looking at a head and shoulders top coming here for wheat. Uh, on the bean side of things, it's and it's not telling you anything uh, that you're looking at here saying that this needs to stop at this point. Uh, given you do have funds still sitting at about a 98% bullish uh, sediment indicator. So that's that's saying that you could see it come in here one day and just have a blow up top. But as of right now, I'm not seeing a lot of reason in order to do so. Like we talked about earlier, you got a lot of not a lot of time between 11 and 12 bucks. So maybe we go to 12 bucks real quick. Maybe we go higher. What you should be looking for there is that blow off top uh, to come into play before you come in here and say, all right, this is time that I need to get some hedges in play. So as of right now, that's what I'm watching. You might see corn being stuck between the two. Uh, just kind of moving sideways here around fair economic value, potentially seeing people start to question these USDA numbers and question the need to increase corn exports as much as they did at this point. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Now uh, let's uh, let's uh, shift gears a little bit. Uh, and we know with uh, with where we're at, we want to give a quick update on uh, on the election stuff. I'm not speaking specifically to any anyone's politics or anything like that. But um, give us an update on what we've heard uh, regarding uh, China and uh, the U.S. for the uh, this trade deal uh, once. Uh, uh, the new uh, administration is uh, is running things. Most definitely. So almost as soon as the media called it for Joe Biden, uh, China came out and you have the South China Morning Post article saying that they want to renegotiate the phase one deal. They are trying to beef up uh, Biden's ego by saying that they know he's going to be tough, um, but they also know he's going to be fair. And they're just trying to play at it that this trade deal is not fair and we should probably come in here and get something else on the books uh, to to make it a little bit more fair on both sides. So they're already starting to play that card and almost instantly tried to jump on the bandwagon, given Joe Biden the the uh, ego boost uh, by Pat back saying he won and uh, that he is going to be very tough as well. So, yeah, very interesting that we uh, uh, we also basically at the same time saw that uh, China's uh the trade deficit that China holds with uh, with multiple 
countries uh, widened out uh, uh, last month. So, I mean, we're <laughs> you're still seeing that uh, that problem uh, be front and center. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's that's the whole reason we got into the trade war in the first place. Most definitely. So it's going to be interesting to see how it progresses, uh, especially how we get to this next level of the election, which is going to be the recounting and the lawsuits and seeing what all comes about that. But a lot of interesting things we watching for this winter. If there's anything that's uh, been 2020 is to expect the unexpected. And typically we do see this go pretty quiet into winter. So you can probably expect to see the exact opposite this year. But make sure you guys keep tuning in. We will keep you updated. But this week for Allendale Market Talk, this is Mike Lung, Greg McBride, signing off. Have a great week there.